What's up, everybody? It's Dante, a.k.a. The Forensics Guy, and you are listening to The Forensics Experience, the podcast where we discuss topics in the speech and debate community with the world's most influential coaches, students, and alumni in the activity. And today, I am beyond honored to be sitting with Michael Eisenstadt. I mean, man, he's one of the greats. Um, Michael, can you tell like just a couple of people who don't know who you are? Uh, let them know what do you do in the speech and debate community. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Michael Eisenstadt. I'm the director of forensics at Cal State Long Beach, and I've been participating in competitive speech and debate since the year 2003. So I'm what some people might call a lifer. And I'm really excited to keep giving back to a community that has given so much to me over the years. That's awesome. Um, and moving forward, I think that this your your position is so great in terms of giving back. Um, obviously, you know, big shout out to the elementary, middle, and high school coaches out there. Um, I think there's something so special though about college coaches because there's so much of a different opportunity in how like you coach and like the ability to like recruit and do all these other things with the team. I think you really get a true like passionate group in a different, in a much different way than like you could at a high school because you're like at a high school, you're kind of limited by the kids at your school and stuff like that. Um, So it's really interesting to see the type of teams that I feel like colleges can make um, and how they can continue to move forward in the activity. So uh, my first question, um, actually, to just speak, I know that a lot of people who, some people are probably listening, like, what? Yes, college college speech and debate or forensics does exist. Um, I feel like it's not as large as, you know, like the high school realm and things of that nature. Um, and I think that that's just because it's it's just kind of how it works, you know, like the the there's the smaller groups and then it just kind of, like, so many people are already focused on, you know, their studies. You know, they're like, I'm studying econ. This is too much. I can't do this. And they still want to be a part of forensics, but they don't fully get the opportunity to. Um, but it's awesome for those that do participate. Um, can you uh, shed a little light? I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to hear, uh, for those who are just especially learning about this, what's the big difference between high school speech and debate and then college speech and debate? Uh, well, I think there are kind of two or three big differences. Okay. The the first difference is that the competition is at a higher level than it is in high school. Um, every tournament you go to, you're always competing against the very best. And for people who have less experience, that's actually, in my opinion, quite a good thing because it means that you're exposed to uh, top tier competitors all the time you're more likely to climb the skill ladder much quicker um, and every tournament will feel like a championship second okay. second difference is that like you said uh, it's a bit more of a concentrated community there are just more middle schools and high schools out there than there are colleges so the community is a bit smaller but there are just as many tournament opportunities. There's a tournament every weekend somewhere and you get to travel all over the place because, you know, unlike your middle school or high school league, there aren't 
15 or 20 colleges in the city that you're living in. So you have to travel a bit oh, further yeah. to go to tournaments, but the college programs generally are able to cover the expenses of your travel. So, and that's so the third biggest difference is that most college speech and debate programs um, have a pretty decent level of funding enough at least so that all of your team related expenses are covered. So tournament travel, uh, lodging, meals, entry fees, supplies, anything like that. Most of the time your college program will be able to cover those expenses, which is a huge difference from at least my own high school experience where I had to pay for my own entry fees my own, oh yeah, my own transportation for every tournament, my hotel rooms when I traveled to a tournament out of town. So that's nice. Yeah, that wow, that, yeah, that is actually nice. Um, I I know that um, I I did a little college speech and debate too, and it was pretty much the exact same, except we uh, we didn't go to as many tournaments, and I was very you know we tried to keep it very close because uh, we didn't have as great of a budget but it was true yeah we were able to pay for a lot of pretty much everything and make it all work and be able to go to uh tournaments which is really awesome um okay so with college speech and debate is it kind of like uh, any other college sports do you like do you ever travel to high schools and and like recruit kids do you you know offer scholarships what opportunities are there in that realm so uh, I think I can best speak to our own program. We do have scholarship opportunities for okay. both our undergraduate and graduate students. So we offer scholarship opportunities for students who are competing on the team and for our assistant coaches that are obtaining a master's degree. And I do some recruiting. I go to high school tournaments and I judge there. I work at a high school institute over summer. Um, and our competitors do the same kinds of things. They go to high school tournaments and judge. They work at camps sometimes, or they work at um, after-school institutes. But I would say that our scholarship opportunities are a combination of need and merit-based okay. uh, applications and those applications are generally available to anybody who has applied to the school. And we also offer a thing called a forensics excellence scholarship, which is given out to one member of the team each season. And anybody on the team can apply for it. It's an anonymous application through an online portal. And you're asked a few essay questions okay. and we review those. So there are, are multiple opportunities for scholarships and we're constantly looking for new competitors to join our team. That's really awesome. Um, uh, wow, yeah. So I'm I'm actually really curious into that because I'm into this because I know that um, you know at the when you get to college, that's a very far line. I feel like from when the average person probably starts forensics. Um, so I'm curious to know, um, like, what would you say at least for your program? Um, like what's the percentage or likelihood of a person doing forensics that has never done forensics before ever? Like they just hear about it finally in college and then they compete. Um, I would say about 60 to 70% of our team is composed of people who started speech and debate 
as a novice in college that wow. were recruited from one of our classes or were um, recruited at our week of welcome event, which is our tabling event in the first week okay. of the semester, or they just heard about us or they're friends with somebody on the team. I mean, however, they ended up at our meeting. Most of our team started as a college novice. Wow, that is significantly, I was not expecting that number. That's significantly higher than I thought. Um, I guess that does make sense, especially if you have the classes there too, that, you know, might be some type of argumentation course or a basic speech and debate course too. Um, And it might be a lot easier to recruit from classes and other friends who are on the team. That's really awesome. Wow. I I love that. Love that more uh, people are, doing uh the activity and doing that um that's awesome so another question is um about fundraising um what what typically uh what ideas or what are you doing in terms of fundraising or do you do any fundraising with your team or is it like or is it enough you know covered by the college to where you don't feel like you need to do that um, what, um, how does, how does the finances, I guess, work, um, specifically to your program? Well, uh, we're generous. We have a generous amount of funding from the university itself. And we also do some fundraising, um, that involves, uh, we create merchandise, we do bake sales, we host tournaments, we, um, you know, are constantly applying for grants from companies and organizations. Okay. We're doing it all because our goal is to be what what I would call a full-service program, meaning yeah. that we service uh, speech and debate folks of all experience levels, and we service them in any competitive event of their choosing. So... The only way to do that and the only way to sustain that over the long term and to keep growing the program is to never stop looking for fundraising opportunities to make sure that our participants have their expenses covered. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. I love that that you're uh, continuously um, yeah, gaining more and making a full service program. That's awesome. Um, I, I kind of kind of leaning towards that because I heard you talk about you know the categories um that's another question that I think um some of our listeners will be interested in hearing because I'm sure that you know uh as as you all know uh listeners specifically depending on maybe what state you're in and what league you're in there's categories that change categories that don't exist um and things of that nature so I'd love to um hear your just hear you talk a little bit about um what uh, what categories are different in college speech and debate? Are there added categories that, you know, a, a high school or a middle school competitor might have never seen? Um, and what are some of the differences sometimes in the categories that do already exist? Is the Are the Lincoln-Douglas debates way longer? Um, are they shorter? Is there, you know, what, what, what specific differences can you think of that um, would be representative of the college community? So... I I know of some differences. I don't know if they are kind of nationwide differences, but at least okay. in the circuits that I've been on, I know that in the speech world, there's not a humorous interpretation event. What? Um, yep, no, no college HI. 
but there is after dinner speaking, which okay. um, adds a humorous element to kind of a more persuasive style argument. Uh, we have instead of expository speaking, it's just informative. Okay. Um, I know that there are um, there's original interpretation, original advocacy. There's just a bunch of different speech events that are kind of modified versions of what you might have in high school, but some of okay. the some of the events that at least were available in high school when I was in high school back in the day are not considered um, speech events anymore, and they've been okay. Um, and then you know those are like the official American Forensics Association events. So tournaments may offer other events; they just might not be events that you official. qualify for nationals in. Right? Okay, um, that 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 makes sense. In the debate world, there. To my knowledge, is not a college version of public forum, other than okay. there is um, there is IPDA and Team IPDA, which is a parliamentary style debate that is intended to be spoken at a conversational pace for um, a public audience. So that's the closest thing to public forum that I can think of. Okay, um, okay, but there is, uh, you know, um, parliamentary debate. There's British parliamentary debate. Lincoln Douglas policy debate, um, and the debate formats sometimes have longer speech times or a little bit more prep time. Okay, um, I know that's oh. true for policy debate. Okay, awesome. Uh, do you have do you have like a impromptu or extemp? Yes. So we have. Okay. We actually have a lot of limited prep competitors on our team that do impromptu and extemp. Okay. Awesome. Nice. That's yeah. That's really awesome. Um, cool. I think. Um, yeah. Wow. We got. We surprisingly got a lot answered in a. In what feels like almost a short amount of time. Um, and uh, I am very, very thankful to have had you on. Um, and talk about all of the differences in college speech and debate. I know that this will be hopefully a very great resource for anybody who is thinking about college speech and debate, who wants to participate in it. Um, And I personally, I think I've gotten to ask you probably all of the questions that have been on my mind and questions that any other person have maybe sent me and asked me is like, oh, I'm interested in knowing this about college speech and debate, uh, which is amazing. Uh, So I... Wow, this is I, I think this might break a record for potentially the shortest episode, but also probably one of the most informative, um, which is really awesome. And I love to, uh, you know, try to be as efficient as possible. So that's great. Um, so um, and as usual for uh, my listeners, as always say, um, make sure, you know, uh, you're letting other people know about this episode, uh, the podcast itself. Uh, rated a five stars on all of the platforms that you may listen to it on uh, from Stitcher to to Apple Podcasts to Spotify, wherever else podcasts are stored. Um, yeah, make sure you share this with a coach, a judge, um, an alumni, a student who may need to hear this. And another big thank you to Michael uh, Eisenstaff for just being on the episode and being able to share his insight. Uh, and yeah, like this, share this, and uh, I am so excited and so glad that you all got to listen to this episode, and I will see you all later. See you all next week when you hear another podcast, 
and peace out.